0: Hey folks, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast with this specific title. My name is Austin, and on this episode we are going to be talking about the convention that we recently went to over Memorial Day weekend. That was, of course, Animasement in Raleigh, North Carolina. But I'm joined by three other wonderful co-hosts. Going in Discord order, uh, who else is with me tonight?
1: It is I,
2: Bill. I'm here.
3: It's Tori, trying not to sit like a shrimp.
2: And Sally, I'm i here.
0: Yes, shrimping is very bad for your back. <laughs> uh, and I, I have a very important question for all of you as we get this ball rolling uh, starting from here at the beginning. Uh, if you had to pick a anime animal companion to be like... Your 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 buddy, your your summon pal, your 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 familiar. Uh, off the top of your head, who would you pick, uh, Bill? What about you?
1: Well, there's there's so many good like trustworthy dogs, so I think I'll go with the dog from Cowboy Bebop, Ein.
0: Oh, Ein, very good choice. What about you, Tori?
3: Bill stole mine. Um, first Dang. of all, <laughs> I was gonna say Ein, but I guess as the resident oscar apologist i will say pen pen
2: very cool what about you what do you think sully i i couldn't come up with a good one i guess luna i mean i don't think i would like rush out in front of a train for luna necessarily but i feel like it would be nice to have like a cat that just i don't know calls me out on all of my self-destructive behaviors uh my current Mm. cats they don't do that they just enable me by Mm. you know allowing me to pet them
0: so you wouldn't run out in front of a train for Luna, but would you maybe run out in front of like a rickshaw or like a uh like a like a radio
2: flyer I mean maybe I mean that's such a poor way to put it uh I just i guess I'm not a very big animal person, so i i uh I don't really have like a favorite i mean and Luna is kind i mean she's an animal and kind of not an animal at the same time I mean there's a whole movie about it so uh, mm. I don't know if she even counts I mean, she's a cat, so we'll say yes mm.
0: I mean, these are all really top-tier choices I think, just collectively But I- I'm gonna play it dangerously Mine would be Lou from Lou Over the Wall But that would be quite a lot of um, responsibility And I also don't live near the ocean So I, d- I don't know how we would make this work But I do have a bathtub I mean, I guess that's <laughs> something,
2: right? <laughs> just just uh, dump some table salt in it
0: Yeah, she'll be fine you know it's indoors she doesn't have to be exposed to the sunlight so i think it'd be neat and she could sing so that would that would make make showers like really loud i guess anyway yes so we have a convention to talk about so we were again we were at amazement in Raleigh North Carolina this past weekend they were kind enough to bring us out just you know humble little old us out again to be their featured panelists for the weekend, uh, which I was, you know, again, very honored that they would ask and uh, humbled by. They had actually reached out to us to do this in 2019 and again in 2020, but of course, for the past two years, we weren't able to do it because of the convention being canceled due to COVID, but thankfully the convention was able to be put on this year uh, at a definite sort of um, how do I say it? It was definitely a scaled back production this year compared to you know sort of its heights of the late late 2010s uh, years um, for good reason. I'm sure that their uh, ability to get you know top tier guests uh, was of course impacted both f- from a logistical and a financial standpoint. So this year was certainly a lot more um, scaled back. I think, but we can talk about that a little bit later. But our main thing was just doing a absurd amount of panels throughout the entire weekend but I mean just there's really no structure to this conversation I think we're just going to kind of talk about the convention generally so but I mean I guess I'll just get started and say I, I had a lot of fun my, my panels went well and it was great to hang out with you guys and see some friends that I hadn't seen and three years at this point so you know it was just a great experience but uh anybody else want to jump in and sort of start start the convo off strong
1: yeah i would say it was a good a real good experience it was like coming coming back to uh a friend they had seen seen in a while and it had been a, a long time since it feels like since i was at az and it was mm-hmm. just good to see everyone in person again i was like after a while i was starting to be like these are just disembodied voices i hear on a discord call <laughs> and now mm-hmm. i get to see their faces oh wait is that you Austin? is that you Tori? is that you Sully? <laughs> like, i don't lost know a
0: lot in the pandemic but my face was not one of the things
1: no uh i did a panel and i thought um it was like my first really good um quality panel that i have I've done. I was very proud of it, and um, I'm just uh, think for what they what they uh, did this year. Uh, Az should be pretty proud with how they handled all the uh, COVID-related factors, such as the the mask mandate, which I thought is pretty well followed, and um, mm-hmm. and then the vaccination rule, and I th- I thought it made sense, and just I applaud them for that. And just everything seemed to be well run so applaud to them for that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because that was kind of one of the big sort of hinge pins of you know us being generally interested in wanting to come back this year it's like you know previously we had a good relationship with animasement and we're you know they treated us very well very respectful very easy to work with um but that was one of the things that i thought was really important and everybody else i i can assume was uh, on the same page there was mm-hmm. we didn't really want to go mm-hmm. unless they had very solid covid policy uh which they did uh even in uh comparison to some of their other peers uh, vaccination check was done at registration uh if you did not have uh, a vaccination you had to have a very recent uh, negative test like a p pe- like one of the um like the PCR tests or like one of the fancy ones, not just like an at-home test.
1: You couldn't do a rapid response test. Right, exactly,
0: Mm -hmm. which I appreciated. Uh, Masks were required throughout, and that rule was quite generally followed from what I could tell. It was, you know, over 95% compliance at any sort of glance that I did around the convention hall.
3: I saw Um, a couple people on the floor not wearing them, but you're always going to have those jerks. (laughs)
0: yeah, of course, but um the vast minority uh, of people were not were not following the rules. And so that was that was very pleasing to see. And so um, you know, everything in that regard, I mean, of course, it's never going to be you know totally airtight and completely perfect. I'm sure some infections happened at the convention, but uh, you know, it's it's scale you want to worry about. And I think that AZ did uh, did quite a quite an admirable job at uh, minimizing the amount of harm that could be could be done.
3: I feel like I had a really good time, usually by Saturday evening at conventions. I feel like I'm already ready to go home. Uh, I just feel like super overwhelmed and stuff like that, and thankfully because of the light crowd and the breathing room, I didn't feel that way at all whatsoever, and I was very shocked. Um, everything with the exception of one panel, which was no fault of my own, went very well. it was good. Oh, to please, you have <laughs> to tell the story. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, let me let me just say that it was like good to see people and catch up and like go have dinner and things like that. But so Friday evening, I was giving my urban legends panel, and I was like right in the middle of a sentence. And the um, staff member comes in the room with his arms crossed, and I just happen to look up, and I'm like, did I say something wrong? Like, am I getting shut down? Like, what's going on? And he's just like, yeah, sorry to stop you, but we're evacuating everyone because there's a tornado in the area, so you have to get out. Um, mm. <laughs> so I had a split second panic attack thinking, but like I was getting canceled, but you know, tornado. So we all got evacuated, um, which I think is very fitting for a panel on urban legends and curses and things like that. Um, and they you took thought a... you had
0: committed an anime crime, but it was really just the weather.
3: Exactly, and it was a little frightening, um, and I wish that he would have just, like, opened the door and been like, Hey, can you stop? Versus, like, coming in very, like, menacingly, just with his arms crossed, like, please stop me. Like, he was so nice about it, and, like, let me take a second to gather up all my stuff. I was, like, super chill. But, yeah, so we all got evacuated down into, like, Vendor Hall C, which is the one they keep mm-hmm. open for, like, special events, and, um, yeah, so we were stuck down there and I didn't get to give my panel, so it was fine. <laughs>
0: mm. One for the history books, honestly.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, now that everybody's really safe and, like, nobody was blown away by a tornado, it's a funny story to tell.
2: Oh, I think it's funny because, uh, I was in the hotel room and I, I got the, the alerts on my phone about the tornado. And I kind of waited out, and I looked out the window, and the rain had let up, and the sun was trying to break through. And I, there was a panel I wanted to go see, so I was like, "All right, this seems like it should be fine." I walk across the street to the to the the con center, and I'm immediately rushed into the evacuation center uh, because you guys were <laughs> like, "Maybe you should stay put." And I did that, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's probably fine. The sun's out; like, it looks fine." <laughs> And immediately I'm shoved into the basement with everyone else. And I think it's very funny that when we were down there on the other side of the room, Tiffany Grant is just signing free autographs in the middle of the tornado
3: evacuation.
2: (laughs) Like Absolutely (laughs) iconic behavior.
3: Yeah that's our awesome.
0: personality just blows you away
3: i mean that's the that's the thing Too to to do though in situations like that because it's just like i mean it depends on the depends on the severity and like what's actually going on of course but i don't know keeping people entertained while they're down there stuck for almost an hour i mean like that that seems like the thing to do to me i guess
0: thankfully we were only down there for about 45 minutes yeah. like it was not not that long at all but uh, it, it was certainly interesting I've never never quite had a situation quite like that at a convention before no where we had to do a mass evacuation
3: no and what got me was the uh, Butler and maid cafe being evacuated oh my and then them marching single file like they were about to be executed for their crimes <laughs> um, <laughs> into the into the exhibit halls like. <laughs> 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 it's kind of
0: like uh, I'm sure you can relate. It's like whenever you see, it's it's like you're seeing something you're really not supposed to see. Like whenever, whenever you would work at the at the Disney park and like yes. you'd see Snow White <laughs> like take her wig off. It's just like, oh yeah. no, you're not supposed to see that
3: when they're in the utilidor. It's kind of kind of what it felt like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's what i was thinking at least i'm just like oh no we're, we're getting an exclusive like we're not supposed to see the maids and the butlers unless we pay our admission to the very you know okay or okay to you know mediocre maid cafe uh at, at the anime convention uh what a, what a treat we got <laughs> yes
1: it's quite uh, funny vip service um, Co- coordination, single file though. That's yeah, easy.
3: they were they were marching single Admirable. file, which was really funny.
0: I will say, I do. I wanted to make I wanted to make note of it because we talked about how the convention attendance was uh, certainly down slightly, uh, and it was. But animazement did publish their official number, and they did have over ten thousand people. The official number was ten thousand eight hundred and twelve. So certainly down from their last reported numbers, which, I, they they don't have their like twenty nineteen numbers published anywhere, which I don't know why, but um, it's certainly down from twenty sixteen, which I is I think uh, close to like fifteen thousand. That's what it. That's what Wikipedia has anyway. But um, you know, certainly no small show. You know, ten thousand people is is kind of a big deal, especially. You know, and we can talk about this too. When competition for this particular weekend, whenever it comes to conventions, is is pretty steep nowadays. Um, but uh, yeah. ten thousand people, you know, the first year after you know two major cancellations. I mean,
1: I think that's pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a number of factors that led to kind of lower count. I think, I know, like some of our friends, they didn't want to go because they were still worried about COVID. And mm-hmm. so I think for some pe for some some people, they're like even if they're being precautious, I I'm still a bit hesitant, which is totally valid, and they have the right to think mm-hmm. that, and um, and so they choose not to go, and then mm-hmm. you have uh the competition that as we kind of saw with other cons, there was the. Uh, Anime boston is going on the same weekend and uh momo con going on in in atlanta
0: yeah and we even had a couple of of our folks like ryan and will they headed down to uh momo and our good good friends from the awesome cast some of them were there because uh basil is on uh he's on the director's board i believe but uh they seem to have kind of a you know and i know sometimes convention like how much how much fun you have at a convention can be a very uh Subjective thing But they seem to have a very so-so time um, But I, you know it, It's certainly a factor I know a lot of people uh, Made the decision to uh, go
1: to Momocon For you know maybe some variety mm-hmm. I, I think Also just potential COVID fears are probably Also still a factor Yeah definitely. An-
3: and amazement tends to skew a lot younger So it's probably with like covid requirements for kids being a lot more squirrely still right now i mean like it's definitely getting better you know with like um kids vaccinations and things but i feel like a lot mm-hmm. of parents are probably thinking like i don't want to expose my kid to that right now um mm. so i i did notice i felt like i didn't see as many kids i, I did but i didn't if that makes sense
1: mm. but I-, I think even with the downturn number it was still i i didn't feel like Oh, here's just a lot of empty space. Mm-mm. Like it, it still felt like there's a good uh, sect of people and uh, people in cosplay and just a, a variety of people looking for different things to do. So I didn't feel like it was barren.
3: No. Um, it- Selfishly, like it was great to have all that like elbow and breathing room, but I think a good way to judge the crowdedness of animeasement, especially on Saturday morning, is what the Starbucks line in the Marriott looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and um Saturday and Friday, I don't think we waited more than like twenty minutes for coffee, which is really good. Wow. Oh, that's a, all of our names
0: yeah, wrong. That was quite good. And they got all of our names wrong. <laughs> that's part what of the starbucks it? experience that's what Trillion. i pay for
2: i mean to kind of go with that sort of selfishness like i have just reached i think this anime's has have me just doing a lot of like soul searching and when, when we get to like my impressions of the con i'll probably have to put a lot of like uh caveats on what i have to say but i think for me I've just reached a point in my life where I don't like being near crowds at all, like, like, regardless of the, like, even if the pandemic were not a thing that has happened, I, I've just, like, I, when we went to Iowa in October of 2019, I was just like, there are just too many people and this is just way too much for me and I know some people are like, I feel so much just fellowship and camaraderie with these people, and for me it's like, no, there are too many of them, and I don't trust any of them. Like, I'm sure half of them are carrying butterfly knives with them as we speak, and they're going to murder me. Um, I've just got to a point where... Which is why
0: you're currently speaking, you know, having been murdered.
2: Well, I mean, I think for me it's just I've gotten... I, I've I've never been like a huge crowd person. now I've just become even more sort of like... Reluctant to go anywhere where there's a, a whole lot of people at once because I just get very frustrated and overwhelmed. And so for me, anime amazement thinning out, like it was like, I feel like this weekend I did not feel like it was too, too many people. Like there were a few times where I'm like, okay, I'm going somewhere else. This is just, you know, way too, too crowded for me. But for the most part, like I enjoy uh, my space. So I don't think I could go to a convention where there are like just so many people because I would just. Be miserable. At the same time, I get upset if my panels are not, you know, to capacity. And I tell people the differences because one, they literally are blocked off and I have a huge space to myself. And two, I like to imagine I'm in control of them, so, you know, it, it's different. <laughs> There's a difference between being in the crowd and being kind of in charge of the crowd or commanding the crowd.
0: Well, the thing—the difference between walking around the convention center and being in a panel is that you're not sitting in a chair in front of everyone. You're—you're you're in amongst the proletariat.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the only like really busy space is probably just the dealers' room, but that's to be expected. Yeah.
3: it um it actually wasn't too bad Sunday morning. Uh, so my little sister actually attended her very first amazement, which I'm so proud of her for that but um round of applause yeah she loved it she had such a good time um and she's like at that point where she's like a moody 13 year old so like it's it's a lot to impress her but she came back and she was like i think i want to try cosplaying next year and i'm like cool got it Mm. but we we went into the dealer's room as soon as it opened on sunday and we got through the dealer's room and the artist alley in about an hour
1: just uh, without your wallet or your sister's wallet being destroyed
3: she okay. she bought a couple things but it wasn't too bad
2: <laughs> see when i was in the dealer's room i think each time i went down there were people taking photos like in the flow of traffic and i think i've just yes, reached they were. a certain level <laughs> of like old ladyhood where i was very close to actually like i think i said something once i'm not sure if they heard me And I was just sort of, like, half to myself, half to anyone who would hear me, like, okay, we're doing this. We're taking photos in in the flow of traffic. We just have forgotten, you know, all, you know, rules of civility. Okay, sure. I I don't know. Maybe that's also where I am. I've just reached a point, like, I think if that happens next time, I might actually open my mouth. And whether or not someone decks me, I'm not sure. But, like, I was, again, very frustrated. It's like, you know, there's not as bad of a crowd, but, like... You know, conventions have been a thing for so long, I would hope that we would all, like, one time it was, like, some some people who seemed older than me, like, in their, like, mid-30s. I'm like, you should know better. You don't stop the flow of traffic to take photos when there are people, there's, like, a clear stream of people coming through. Um, I don't know. I I also had a lot of uh, thoughts about the dealer's room, but I'm sure we'll get to those, too.
0: Part I'm I'm of two minds on this situation. My my one my my one uh normal brain is of of course, Sully. You're absolutely right. It is very bad manners to uh you know stop the flow of traffic and to take photos sort of in in the in the live streams of the uh of the dealers dealers hall ocean. However, on the flip side, my galaxy brain take to that is that I would rather have people rudely take photos and obstruct traffic in the dealers room than have a global pandemic that cancels our convention for two years. <laughs> so God bless America, we are back in a situation where we are able to have the fortune of having com- people be complain. rude in the dealers room. And, and I would yeah. so much I would so much rather be in this timeline. <laughs>
3: it is annoying um but if it if it's honestly just like an an honest one or two three second thing i'm like okay yeah that's annoying but but whatever i i feel like whenever i go to conventions i always have disney brain on and my tolerance Mm. for dumb stuff at disney is pretty high because of a lot of factors so i find that that Helps if that makes any sense at all. People who go to Disney a lot, I think, will get it. But, like, you just have to kind of tune everybody else out and realize there's a lot of factors that go into a lot of things. Like, not everybody is good at social etiquette. Etiquette? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and half the time, too, I realized that a lot of these people doing this dumb stuff are kids. And when I was, like, 13 i was doing dumb stuff too so i don't know maybe maybe i'm just or, or also
0: nice. or also or also 35 year old kids can't forget them
3: exactly right i feel like at a certain <laughs> age you should know better than to hold up traffic but at the same time it's just like i don't know man maybe they were so excited to see that cosplay i i saw one cosplay this weekend that i actually was so excited to see and i feel like i made the guy's day because he was like nobody recognized me and i was like Yes.
0: Oh, what was it? it what, what was it? <laughs> I, mean, I know.
3: Uh, it was the friend from Twentieth Century Boys. The friend. Yeah. the The cult leader. He's
0: just he's just called the friend. Yeah. Oh, that's a great name for a cult leader.
3: Yes. And I was like on my way to your panel, and I saw the mask, and I like wasn't gonna turn around. Because I was like on a mission to get somewhere else and I whipped around really quick and I was like, hey buddy, are you cosplaying from 20th Century Boys? And he was like, yeah, I got the spoon. Do you want to see the spoon? And I was like, yes, (laughs) I want to see the spoon.
0: Did he have to do weapons check for the spoon?
3: He didn't. There was no, there was no tag on the on the spoon. Um, but mm, there apparently rule, rule breaker. Somebody was telling me that there were people <laughs> with like guns that hadn't been checked, like prop guns that hadn't been checked. And I'm trying for the life of me to remember oh, who dear. that was, and they got caught by staff. And I'm just thinking like, that's the kind of stuff that makes me mad because it's like, are you seriously hmm. so dumb that you can't read the room? um and you're at a very large crowded event with unchecked prop guns like Mm -hmm. hello Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) i just hope that they were stopped quickly they
3: were whoever told me that said staff pulled him aside pretty quickly and i was like yeah that's that's really good because you never know
2: i wonder if they were the same people that i saw on the escalator
3: probably
2: yeah it was uh I don't know. I've gotten really antsy about stuff like that, too. And the props they had, like, you know, they have to have the little tag on them from the comm, but, like, in general, they have to have, like, the orange tip, and it was just, like, faintly yeah. painted on the front. And I'm like, this is just... I, right. I feel, like, I feel like if I were to do something, like, if I were going to do a cosplay with a character who they were very well-known for the gun, like, I was like, you know what? I think I can leave this at home. I think everything else will speak for itself.
3: Yeah, like, I saw... um Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, I saw a guy cosplaying Alucard from Helsing, and he is known for guns, and that guy didn't have guns, and his cosplay looked just as good, like, Hmm. without it, so, um... Yeah, kind of, I don't know, it's a read-the-room situation, I think.
1: <laughs> what was the most popular cosplay there that we kind of saw?
3: It was Genshin. Ooh, good it was... segue, Bill. <laughs> it was 100% Genshin Impact. I could not look up without seeing a Genshin Impact cosplayer, which was so funny. Hmm.
0: Actually, I made, a, I made a tweet prediction about this exact thing. Uh, so my prediction was the top cosplays were going to be... Uh, not in any particular order demon slayer jujutsu kaisen my hero academia and genshin impact and boy howdy was i vin- was i vindicated in my prediction because those were basically the most popular cosplays
3: mm-hmm.
2: i've gotten to a point where yeah. i feel so old because i'm like i look at all these people cosplaying i don't know who the hell they are
3: if you don't recognize <laughs> well, demon it- slayer it's it's probably Genshin something from an idol show or a magical girl show or Fate <laughs> or Demon
2: Slayer. <laughs> Listen, Sully. I mean Slayer's Demon everywhere. Slayer is
0: like 5 years old at this point. It is for old people. I
2: mean, I I know who, like I I couldn't tell you their names or anything. Like I recognize the characters, but like I could not I don't know anything about Genshin Impact. I did not. Like if you were to point to any person and just say, "Oh yeah, that's a Genshin." I'd be like, "Okay, sure." So okay, so it seems right. Yeah, but I'll trust you.
3: Well, with the way the crowd was, it wouldn't have been wrong. <laughs> in all
0: honesty yeah if you look around and see something you don't know and you guess that it's Genshin Impact which is what I do because I don't really have that much familiarity with it but I, I know some of the characters and generally what they look like but you know default guess that that would be what it would be yeah which is the same thing that people said you know like 15 years ago about those gosh darn Kingdom Hearts cosplayers everywhere so you know things really never change we only
2: get older think, and older and sadder and no, sadder. No,
1: but solely, but, but there's one consistent thing that will never, ever leave a con that I saw going up the escalator. Was I saw Homestuck cosplay. There
3: were Homestucks, oh my god, yes. <laughs> and
1: Homestuck there- has to be the oldest thing there. Like, because it, 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 that thing's been over and done with, and people are still doing the Homestuck. That ones.
2: really surprises me. <laughs> I
3: was just gonna say, I did see a Trigun cosplayer, so I don't know. Yeah, was, I, I saw like... a
2: wolf. I saw a wolf one. <laughs> I feel like the thing is like like Trigon, or even like I mean, because you have like the Dragon Balls and the Sailor Moons, which are considered like forever evergreen classics, and then Trigon, which maybe isn't as well known, or like as beloved but kind of i think falls into that sort of evergreen or even like the narutos of the world like those sort of things like you know they're just going to be there because they're just they're just kind of in the zeitgeist forever but then there are some things i did see like i didn't see Homestucks, but i saw a few uh I am like oh this just it's like i time warped back to 2010 2011 wow and i don't mean that in a bad mm. way it just really um I don't know. Like, it wasn't anything that the cosplayers themselves did, or like, I'm I'm not judging them for being from a show that is, it just kind of made me reckon with my own sort of aging and, uh, like, place at conventions when I see something that, that made me feel more at home when I was, like, going for the first time when I was, like, 16 or 17 it was just a very sort of like uh like it's sort of uh proust's cosplay if, if we can call it that you know oh this brings me back the only
1: kind of newer show that wasn't like demon Slayer, i saw that was more consistent was um i, I suck at anime names the main character the main girl character from dress up darling uh hmm I saw a lot of her kind of um, main outfit on a few uh, cosplayers. And that's Mm -hmm. a relatively newer show from, I think, a season ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, but I but mean, in that things- regard,
0: I mean, there wasn't a huge amount, but there was a good, you know, splash of, ooh, well, I was going to say, actually, uh, I was going to say something else, but that sparked another thought. I was going to say there was kind of a, a, a sprinkling of Spy Family, but even more so than that was a hearty sprinkling of Chainsaw Man, which yes. is <laughs> also very, very wild to think about because it doesn't even have an anime yet. And that's typically not how things work in the United States
1: no usually the anime gets people to go back toward the manga Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but uh that's that's been changing Mm because i think with chainsaw man and spy family those kind of gained a fan base before even the shows came out Mm -hmm. before the shows came out i think what really helps is shonen jumps approach now because i would be surprised if people are not using the shonen jump app which Mm. The ch- one of the cheapest deals uh, in terms of content. Here, you can pay $2 a month and you get access to every uh, recent chapter for free and here you can read all the backlog of One Piece, Dragon Balls, by Family
0: JoJo's uh, sh- up to part 6?
1: Yeah, JoJo's uh, I think Jinshutsu Kaisen's on there too It is. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Demon Slayer So Demon Slayer So a lot of the big hits are on the app And they've done a good job At promoting it Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that's kind of What led to people being Chainsaw Man even though that anime I don't think is coming until uh, sometime next year
0: yeah. To go back to what Sully said about you know uh, you know seeing things that make you recall from 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 you know back in the day, it's just like some things are just going to be popular forever, and some things have been popular forever. Like uh, in in working on the amazement sort of community archive that I've been putting together, which I don't think I've ever talked about on this podcast, but I, I won't go into huge amounts of detail with it. If you would like to learn more about that, you can check the show notes for a link. But anyway, it's like. Final Fantasy has constantly been popular since Animazement has been a thing, and you never ever don't see Final Fantasy cosplays. Whether it's like uh, you know Yuna, Tifa, Aerith, Titus, Cloud, Sephiroth, it's like they're always going to be there, uh, which is which is pretty neat. It is it is cool to identify you know what what those specific titles. Th- that are going to show up as cosplays are just going to be there forever. Uh, I just, I think that's so neat, so neat.
1: Yeah, and I was, it's it's a good kind of gauge of what's go what's going on in terms of popular uh, anime culture. Like I remember, like ten years, it's probably like five or five or seven years ago when everyone was doing the Attack on Titan cosplay. Oh, I know uh, that struggle. Yeah, but Not now now all now I barely saw any Attack on Titan cosplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though I think the show's still, go- still going, the anime's still going. So
0: yeah, it's just fun to watch the evolution over time. It is very neat and see what what things are you know you know having their moment. Like, will Spy Family be this huge evergreen title? You know, ten years from now, I don't know. Maybe it could be, um, but you know, we'll just have to find out. It'll be interesting to observe. But um, anything else on? cosplay, because we've talked a lot about things that we were not directly had any involvement with.
3: <laughs> no, I don't think so, personally.
0: Bill, you let us in with talking about your your single panel that you did over this weekend, even though you did two, because you were on a panel with Tori and myself. So, tell us about uh, anthologies.
1: Yeah, I did uh, anime anthologies, which is basically talking about these different anime anthology works, like memories which we've done an episode on robot carnival uh the animatrix stu- even stuff like space dandy was on the panel um and just kind of i find anthologies interesting because of just the ebb and flow with them and what you might think is good i might think is bad and vice versa and just the variety you get with anthologies and i thought it'd be an interesting panel topic i i asked for a, probably a curse time to many of the people on this on this discord chat was a morning morning panel time slot. I asked for either Saturday or Sunday morning. And it was a two-hour panel, <laughs> which I, I was very happy I was able to pull off. And uh, for a Sunday morning panel at 10 a.m., I did, I think, quite well. I got about, like, 20 people in at first. And, of course, there's always going to be people, people that trickle in and trickle out. But I had a good section of people that stayed and a couple people that went up and asked me like oh where can you catch this where's that so I thought it was a quite a success I went a bit uh under my time unfortunately but not by too much um but uh don't uh, feel bad about
0: that because Tori and I did the same thing in our Disney panel and Mm -hmm. you know we've definitely got some uh some fixing up to do in that regard but uh you you're not alone it's probably more common than you think
1: no, but I was, I was with, with the time slot I, I, I asked for, I was surprised uh, and happy with the turnout. I thought I was going to get like three or five people on Sunday, mm. mo- on Sunday morning. So it was a nice surprise.
0: I mean, your topic is really solid. I mean, I, I think you did a really good job uh, presenting it for your first time. And you had good clips and all of the tech worked well, which, by the way, uh, most of the time it seemed like our tech was working pretty good. If not, there was, like, that one room where the audio kept, like, fouling up. It was definitely a cursed room. (laughs) Yeah, there was a cursed room, which is the one that you probably placed some curses on uh, (laughs) because of your panel content, Tori, which is a great segue. So do you want to talk about some of your programming?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, So I half-ran Japanese Urban Legends, Um, which was me basically just talking about different spooky Japanese urban legends. I didn't get to the really good stuff, which was kind of disappointing. I really wanted to, but um, that's okay. It's always another time to run that. And then I did uh, my horror movies panel, which I beefed up to be a two-hour panel, which was almost the death of me. I don't think I ever... It's because
0: you ask people to turn the lights off.
3: (laughs) No, um, nothing to do with the lights. It was almost (laughs) the death of me, and I don't ever think I want to watch another movie again. Um, That's how burnt out, yeah, on movies I am right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then I did the uh, Jinji Ito panel, which is always a lot of fun, and I have a blast doing that one. And um, those are my solo panels, and we did a couple together.
0: We did. I assume that you want me to talk about them, right?
3: Uh, you can, yeah.
0: Well, I'm gonna put Sully on the spot first. I want to go last. Why do you want to go last? Because I'm the host.
2: It's humility. <laughs> well, I <laughs> I only did three panels, and uh, only one of them was was relatively new. One of them was uh, so I did I did the Nintendo panel, which I actually had to retitle because of Adam's submission thing messing up where I talk about Nintendo tie-in media. And while I, I had some what I viewed to be better better clips, I just don't think I performed it as well as I could have. And the energy that I had on the Thursday night of 2019 just was not here for 2022. So I'm not as thrilled with how that one turned out. And I was so tired. And then I did the Magic Lantern panel, which is my Japanese film panel and i it's the same basic idea but i i pick 10 films and say here's the the cultural context behind them here's the director and the actors and here's why and how you should watch it and i always pick 10 different films and I picked ten, and I kind of cheated because i I chose one from the last version with my excuse being, uh, well, you know, every time I'll going forward, I'll pick one from the last version for those who didn't see it. And then one of the movies actually hasn't come out yet. It was it was screened in con, and that was about it. Um,
0: <gasps>
2: and I think I, I think controversy I think it did okay. i I think looking back, I would have picked some different movies. Uh, and I have some ideas of the ones I'll put in the third version of this panel that will inevitably happen. I don't know. I, I don't feel as strongly about that one either. I feel a little better. I feel like as I did each of my panels this weekend, I felt a little better. And then the new one was the Batman in Japan panel, which I think, honestly, despite the fact it was the one that gave me the most heartache when creating it, I think is the one that went best overall. I'm not sure why I'm still there's still a lot of I, I still consider it kind of a rough draft in terms of what I think it, it could or should be um but it seems to have been the one that got the best response overall out of all of my panels um, at least in terms of the guidebook thing I had no idea that people could leave reviews <laughs> and then when Austin told me that it completely and totally destroyed me as a human being And I will say that the Batman 1... Yeah, I went
0: on there and intentionally sabotaged all of Sully's ratings just to give him a hard time. That was all me. I will say that
2: the Batman 1 did get the best ratings out of all three of them, and I think that kind of tracks how I felt. I I honestly think that the ratings I got on them tracked how I felt about each of them in general. Like It was like 3.6 stars on Nintendo and 4 on movies and then 5 on Batman, and I feel like that roughly tracks with how I feel about them. I don't think my mojo was there for my own panels this year. Well, for what it's worth,
0: I think you put on a really great show on Thursday, and you were easily the most—you were like the premier event for Thursday because there's mm-hmm. almost nothing going on, so it was like the only thing to go see. And considering that, I mean, it, you really knocked them dead. Like people were really, really, really into it. Uh, you know, with a similar, similar feel as a what I recall from uh, from the crowd for 2019, and I thought your Batman thing, like, there was so many things in there that I just did not know about, and uh, that it was a lot of fun, so uh, for what it's worth, I really liked your panels this weekend. I didn't get a chance to go see the film one, but uh, I'm sure that was, you know, pretty cool, even if you did not talk about the Big Lizard, but I'll, I'll forgive at least one sin.
2: I mean, we kind of <laughs> talked about this just in a casual conversation before, but I think I put a lot of pressure on my film panel because whenever you're curating a, a list of things like when i do the batman panel like well i can't i mean i curate to a bit like there are things that i cut. they're actually i talk about one particular batman manga that has come out it, within the last 20 years but there was another one and i just thought there's not that much time it's not that important it didn't really break any new grounds i'm just going to kind of skip past it and there was a commercial and like a Uh, uh, pachinko game and stuff like that I'm like this stuff is not that interesting and I was already like going over time when I did that so like there is some I guess editorializing is a better way of putting it but with the film panel that I I'm always worried because there are only so many distributors of Japanese film and a good handful of them only really do like exploitation films and I don't want to be, like, too much of a snob, even though I know that's, like, one of my major character traits. But I, I have this sort of, like, revulsion against this idea that Japanese film is only, like, ninja demon sex zombie 3. You know, that sort of, Yakuza. like... You know, ex- Just it's nothing but, like, grindhouse stuff. Because, I mean, but that's what gets you know, kind of picked up a lot of the time in, in the West because that's sort of the stereotype is Oh, japan is wacky. So, like, I try to pick... I do pick some films I think are a little, you know, gonzo. Like, one of my choices was Legend of the Stardust Brothers, which was made by Makoto Tezuka, you know, Tezuka... Osamu Tezuka's son, and is very wacky and colorful and off-the-wall. But I also, you know, picked a Mizuguchi film... And, uh, you know, a film that's about, you know, elder abuse that's coming out. This, is, uh, this sort of speculative story about uh, voluntary euthanasia euthanasia of the elderly. So I, I try to pick things. It's like, well, yeah, there's going to be some comedies and there's going to be some social films. There's going to be films from the, you know, the, the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And the films from the, you know, the contemporary period. Just, I try to be very selective about what I pick and what I say you should watch, but also, like, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I just went to Criterion and searched Japan and kind of went through that. I, I it's, it's this sort of, like, obsession between, like, I want it to be stuff that's approachable, but also, like, I don't want to go up there and be like, so you should watch Seven Samurai. It's Like, well, most people probably at least heard of that. Like, I want them to say, like, if you're going to come to a panel, I want you to, to leave... With at least two or three movies you've never even heard of before, they're totally new to you. That just you didn't even know they existed.
0: Translator's note: You should watch Seven Samurai.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> like a very I good don't, movie. Like I don't have a problem with that. And I mentioned like the original Godzilla, which I think is a very, very good movie. I think it's kind of been done to death because I mean, how many times can we talk about being a metaphor for the atomic bomb? Like, I I really wish there was like a, a some new angles on it.
0: Shin Godzilla, directed by Hideaki Anno.
2: I mean, even then, though, it feels like... Well, that just feels like such an obvious choice. And also, it's like, I, I... I feel like if you go to an anime convention, you're going to be more likely to wind up seeing Shin Godzilla just because of, like, the periphery. Like, again, because Anno directed it, because Godzilla's kind of known to the, to the otaku crowd already, versus, I mean, what is the likelihood that they're going to be introduced to, like, Street of Shame by Mizuguchi, or, um... Mm. uh, Carmen Comes Home, which was the first... considered the first feature-length color film in Japan. That's kind of up for debate. I mean, these are films that I think just would not really get, like, anime fans' attention. So I kind of feel like also it's like... I want them to see things I feel like they would not have seen otherwise. I feel like most of them there's a likelihood they'll at least come across Shin Godzilla versus Carmen Comes Home or, you know, uh, Kuro Neko or something like that.
0: Mm. Well, Especially likely... if they go onto the Criterion website and search for Japan.
1: <laughs> well, like, like like we said in our casual conversation, like, I think what you're doing is very admirable, trying to not go with kind of the obvious names in, in, the, in the hat, but... What some what you might think is well worn and tried will be someone be new to somebody else because like I think what Tori said earlier is uh, anime's been skews younger when it comes to their demographics so those people probably have not really explored what Criterion has put out or what Arrow's doing so I I think what you're doing is very animal. I love all the films that you suggest but I um, think
2: it was yeah just I someone linked this to me on discord somewhere where it was like maybe ign or maybe even anime news network some like let's just call it like a geek outlet uh, posted a twitter poll where it's like have you ever heard of the criterion channel and so many people said no and the comments were like no that sounds was, stupid that's dumb and i was like gross it was IGN. i was grossly offended so i also have to maybe remember that th- these are the people who've never even like i always feel like as much as i like love and uh, you know, support the Criterion Collection and I have gotten into collecting their releases that it's, I, I view it as like, sort of like the plebeian film collector's thing, but I have to remember that so few people also care <laughs> about any of the stuff they put out, so I i, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a very weird thing thing i i'm very self-conscious about that panel because it's again that that accessibility versus also i have to be the smartest person in the room and pick the films you've never heard of to show like oh i didn't pick anything obvious i didn't give you like i didn't give you like a watch mojo style list of japanese films (laughs) (laughs) for what it's worth
0: i found that the best approach to any panel is to just make it about stuff you think is cool because if you're just trying to, like, put on a show or something, then people can tell you're being disingenuous. So, like, just make it about stuff you think it is think is neat. If it's, like, a super populist pick, I mean, that's fine, like... I put some decently populous things in in my 10 anime movies you may have missed thing. The only real constraints I put on that is like I don't really talk about Studio Ghibli because I don't have to. Mm. Uh, People already have seen those movies for the most part and they know that they should so I don't need to tell them. But I mean I'm going to tell people to watch Redline. Even yeah. the Red Line's pretty popular. Yeah. There's a
3: reason I start my horror film panel out with Ringu. Because I have to remember that everybody has a different entry point for a lot of things. And a lot of people into J-horror. Ringu is probably the most popular movie that people have seen. But there still are people who in the audience have never seen it and don't even know it exists. Even though it's like the number one pick. So I think if you just kind of contextualize it in the sense of like people have different entry points for things. That kind of helps. I, I don't know. <laughs> and Tori,
0: I've seen your horror movies panel like four times, maybe even five, maybe even six times at this point, and I still don't know that any of those movies that you show in there actually exist. I have to be
1: reminded
3: <laughs> Exactly. And,
1: for example, I watched Ringu for the first time this past year.
3: Yeah. I still
1: haven't seen it. Yeah. Austin still have seen it. So it's so what Tori said is a staple of J horror was the, it was the first time i saw it for the first time i really enjoyed it uh, <laughs> and so it's it's gonna be different for everybody involved when it comes to don't. japanese cinema mm-hmm.
0: don't tell me to watch ponyo i've seen it i've seen ponyo okay i don't need to watch ponyo again mm. i saw ponyo in theaters i think twice <laughs> Don't tell me to watch Ponya. But
1: no, we're gonna we're gonna put it on the Ghibli Fest schedule again. Now you have to go see it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna kill me. Uh, I guess I could probably talk about my panels. So in a, in a similar thing to Sully, I also premiered a cape-related panel this past weekend, which was my panel Spider Man in Japan, which I have been preparing for for quite a long time, trying to, you know, read through the. Uh, Ryochi Ikigami manga from the early 70s, which I finished up at least what is translated in English and watched a decent chunk of the uh, Tokusatsu series from the, uh, the 70s. Uh, actually didn't get a chance to finish that series, so it's definitely... I've got some, some gaps to fill in you know, after the fact, but I think putting together the panel it, re- it went really well. Uh, on Bill's advice, there are probably some factoids I can probably cut out just for... Um, maybe expedience and presentation and because they're not really all that interesting I I have reflected on your words Bill and realized that you were correct Um, but in terms of a dry run I think it went really well people seem to really be into Tokusatsu Spider-Man because it is very fun very enjoyable and seeing a whole room of people go crazy over sort of him uh fighting in leopardon and clapping whenever he throws his sword and blows up the giant cat demon monster Mm -hmm. is uh just endlessly rewarding so very very fun panel
1: yeah that needs to get streaming somewhere i I don't know if they have to make a deal with toho or it's Toei to uh to uh get that streaming again but it shows too good to just be Mm. in obscurity
0: it really is it needs to be available and I'm so I'm so glad and also infinitely frustrated that the Marvel 616 documentary is out there so that you know people can watch that and learn a whole lot about you know how this weird series ever got made in the first place but it's also heartbreaking because there's no official way to watch it uh, so it's it's good and bad and I I hope that eventually Marvel figures out that there is uh there are fans to be made Uh, of of tokusatsu spider-man if they would just make it available i also did my 10 anime movies panel again that was a lot of fun i wasn't i wasn't feeling this list as much as i have previously whenever i was making it but it's one of those things where like even if i'm not particularly feeling a panel what i try and what i try and do is like get a vibe for how the audience is feeling about my panel and sort of that sort of helps me feel better about it like Even if I've done a panel that I've done a like hundred times, like my Watanabe panel, which really doesn't change that much, uh, it's always the first time for somebody that has seen it, and if they're having a good time, then it's really worth me doing. Does that make sense?
1: Like, with your movie one, there's constant anime movies that are coming out, like um, there, I just saw a couple of days ago A Lady Luck, Misfortunes, miss. I'm Butchering the name, uh, Miss uh, Lady,
0: la- Luck favors Miss Miss something. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Nico, yeah, like that. That just was. I did a one night run recently, and then G Kids is putting out uh, the Deer King in mm. August. There and uh, recently on Netflix, there was Bubble, which uh, oh, I know. Oh. I, know mm. <laughs> I know you. Mm. I know you were. I know you were the biggest fan of. But this is an example <laughs> of just like. It's seeming now, we're, whereas in the past we got maybe like one Mamoru Hosoda movie every couple of years and that was it, and or maybe a Ghibli movie, There's there seems to be a wider breadth of anime movies that we're getting.
0: We did get to talk about Belle, which was fun. Tori and I, we talked about that in our Women in the Anime Industry panel, which was on Sunday. Yeah, it felt like kind of a stacked Sunday. Didn't we have... We had two two panels right and then bill had his
1: mm-hmm. yeah, you had you had um, your wi- you had your women in anime panel and then your Kyoto animation Kyoto animation right. panel
0: so it's basically just a day of talking about naoka yamada ad nauseum which is a good day in my book but those, um, those are really fun panels and it is a pleasure to do them with you tori
3: mm-hmm, same
0: because i think i think and, you, uh, you provide good good insights
3: Thank
1: you and and you guys did did uh, especially good turnout like mm-hmm. your disney one always does really well uh for a, a sunday your uh women in animation one that i saw went really well and then in, in terms of popularity like i, I bow to tori because uh, her panels are always packed
0: oh no none of us come close <laughs> to um... the the kingship of horror movies and the jinji ito panel
3: uh when i heard that the one was all the way out to the lobby i almost cried <laughs> the uh, horror one and yeah the urban legends one apparently uh the oh, line was all the yeah. way out to the lobby from the panel rooms of the lobby and um that's pretty nuts that's that is pretty crazy
0: in fact, all all 10,000-plus attendees were trying to come to that panel, and it's really <laughs> unfortunate that we all had to go to the basement.
3: They did listen, though, and put me in the big room for the Jinji Ito panel, but I, I, I always preface, and it makes me feel so snooty, but it, I always preface with, hey, every convention that I put this on, there is always a ridiculously long line. If possible, may I please have a larger panel room? And I promise I'm not trying to sound conceited so they they did listen to me at least a little bit and uh i had a full house for everything which was really really i it just blows my mind that people will come and sit in a room and listen to me talk for like an hour to two hours because i feel like i don't know what i'm talking about but when people come up to me and say you know that i did a really good job and that they feel like they learned something or that they're walking away with like stuff to watch, and for instance, like, this couple came up to us on Sunday, and, um, I'm kind of segueing a little bit, but I'll, I'll I'll bring it back around, but, um... They came up to us on Sunday at the KyoAni panel and were just talking to us. And they were like, yeah, by Saturday, we were seeing panels and being like, we got to go to that one because it's a third impact anime panel. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's so cool of you guys. First and foremost, like, if you're listening, I'm sorry I didn't get your names, but you both were very kind. And the girl was like, yeah, I went down to the dealer's room Um today and I bought Uzumaki and I bought Gyo because I hadn't ever finished reading them and she's like you made me really want to like sit down and finish reading them and I tried to get Tomie but they were sold out of Tomie and I was like whoa I'm an influencer that's cool
0: <laughs> in the most literal sense of the word you yeah. influence someone to do something <laughs> Which, by the way, not not to cut in uh, too quickly, but I think this is important. Do you want to know how many views your uh, quick little uh, pan of 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 the panel room got on on Twitter?
3: Yeah, hit me.
0: It's like 1,200 views.
3: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, that mm. that quick little pan of of, of your crowd which yeah. I think speaks to two things. One, you know, people are really really down for horror content. And two, people are really really down for Jinji Ito stuff. He's like I mean, we've we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like he went from being, you know, like unknown in the West effectively by by most mainstream anime fans yeah. to being probably one of the most recognizable manga artists and authors in people's brains
3: yeah Um, and i do have people come to that panel that are like i have no idea who this dude is but i see him around everywhere excuse me hold on right they're like i have no idea who this dude is but i see him around everywhere and i want to know what's up but i'm just like well that's Mm. that's cool
0: (laughs) i mean bill's a testament to that i mean his work is very accessible because you've read almost all of it within (laughs) the last like nine
1: months you know, that's just the power of, of Tori's influence. Yes. <laughs>
3: that's, uh, I love it Jinji Ito, okay? I know it's like, I know he's become such a, like, I don't, he was my best kept secret forever. And, like, I'm so happy, like, that people know him now. And I don't want to be like, well, I was into him before he was cool. But, like, I kind of was. <laughs> like, like, unironically, was really into him before anybody else really knew him in the United States and um it's just really cool to see how he's kind of become a household name within the anime community like i don't want to derail too much because this isn't a jinji ito episode but like it's it's just neat to see how that's grown and having people be like yeah i read this because of you or i i saw when you did this last time and it's still just as good and i'm like oh thank you (laughs) that's that's really cool I was just going to say, I'll never forget, like, I think about this regularly, so if you're out there listening, thank you, because when I'm sad, I think about this. But there was a guy that came up to me in 2019 after the, the Jinji Ito panel and was just like, thank you so much. He was like, this was extremely informative and probably one of the best panels I've ever seen. He was like, you were so passionate about it. And I was just like, thanks. I feel like I know nothing, but thank you so much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so when i'm sad i think about that so mysterious man thank you
1: <laughs> the only equivalent i can think of like with his rapid rise would be like jojo's yeah. Adventure, yeah. because because of just how rap like at first for a long time that was very obscure and now uh we're getting the animes weekly this is releasing the um, a manga of, of jojos every year just like jinji ito they're releasing like two of his collected works every year mm-hmm. at this point there's about to be a and, new one uh, yeah another one i have to get
3: yep same <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's led to other things like the you uh, know like the Emez, uh stuff getting released which is cool I'll, I'll use this as a segue to uh get to i guess our one group panel was uh, uh 2012 10 years ago
0: that was fun to put together mm-hmm. i kind of stole that Good. idea from uh from Tobias, who stole it from Daryl Um so it's it's a lot of thievery going on around here.
1: You but, know, uh, you know, copying is the best form of flattery. It I really, if it you is,
0: it is, it totally is. Uh, I've never done anything that hasn't been a blatant ripoff of somebody else doing it better. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, that that panel was a lot of fun. It it it, it helped us to make a room full of uh, uh, elder Zoomers and young millennials feel old uh which is very appropriate and was exactly the intention of the panel and sort of put into perspective um how pretty stacked 2012 was uh, in terms of informing you know sort of where anime has gone since then because there were a lot of things that came out in 2012 that we are still very much in the zeitgeist of like that's when jojo's bizarre adventure premiered um That's when Sword Art Online first appeared, you know, two still pretty big things. So, I mean, it was just a really fun uh, panel to to look through. Evangelion 3.33 came out that year, and we just had the follow-up to that as late as last year. So it was, like, wild to think that we had an almost, we had, like, a nine-year gap between those two Rebuild films. Um and the berserk trilogy came out that year what else did we talk about yeah, the,
1: uh, the only the only thing about that panel i'm mad about that i didn't get to you was i needed to get the conan clip the Detective yeah conan you've told clip. me you've uh, told me about this conan clip i'm mad it definitely didn't, needs to be in there i was i was, I was busy with other things and i forgot to get get it to you but it was it was ama- I, I think my favorite part was a, a friend of ours was there, And when I got to the Conan thing, he was like, you're really, really passionate about this. <laughs> and people, pe- people were laughing and kind of just reacting to just how very excited you were. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> got to show it next time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Get it to me. I'll put it in. I'm just trying to think. I, I don't really have any other major... You know panel things to comment on Everything just went well And you know even when the crowds were not as big as some of the other ones When we didn't have blowouts All the crowds were still great Everybody had so much energy And people were so nice afterwards Yeah, Just uh very very nice People people were very very kind
1: I think my only Thing that I would say is just like I feel like certain panels should have been in other rooms Like I feel like Your Spider-Man one and of course I bet always Batman one uh probably should gotten bigger rooms because since they have like a big known franchise tied to mm-hmm. them there was bound to be a huge turnout like i know mm-hmm. spider-man one was at full capacity and they've turned people away
0: people
3: eat up superhero stuff i
2: mean they, they do. put
0: they like those capes they
2: put my batman panel in that a b that double room so i i didn't mm-hmm. have an issue oh shout good. out to that
0: room that is that mm-hmm. is a good room i like the i like the dual screens that's very good. There's there's two screens in that room because it is it is two panel rooms that they've made into one giant room, and there's a a projector screen on the left and the right, so it it makes it very easy to see in there.
1: Yeah, I think the only one that I kind of felt would would justify a bigger room was um, the Spider-Man one could have been could have gone to the AV one, and also anything all of Tori's individual panels probably could have gone in there too. Cause it's just the high turnout rate mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that hers, that hers gets. But, um, can, can we talk, can, if, if you don't, if we don't mind, unless they have something else to talk about our panels, I'd like to comment about the panel content. Cause oh, please. I feel, I feel conflicted. Cause on one hand we provided as a group, a lot of content that I enjoyed seeing and, on myself and I really enjoy doing I'm this my anthology uh when how that went has kind of made me want to do a few other ones that I won't say on here in case I jinx myself and don't do them uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we'll make sure he does dear listeners <laughs> but because of us doing so much there didn't seem to be a, a lot of other different uh panel panel uh people wanted to do uh, panels it was it felt like it was mostly us um like i know there were some good ones like the jinjutsu kaisen one which i heard was very good i, I unfortunately missed that one and of course um um it's austin i we know him on twitter he, he oh the a, great sg yeah the great sg he was yeah, there he doing does good his good work a- yeah he does good work with his awesomely bad music uh japanese mm-hmm. music video panel and he also did a, Sub- a history of saban one
0: Mm, that was good. I liked that one. That was, Did he talk about yeah, Glitter
3: Force? Fu- I um, don't
0: know. I don't think he quite got that. I don't. Well, it was like a history of Saban. Like, so it was. It was mostly oh, like older things, like okay, pre okay. pre two thousand five kind of stuff.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay.
1: where they like he he was talking about like a lot of their tokusatsu adaptations of like oh. *Common Rider* and, oh. and 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 *Big Bad Beetleborgs* and and uh, the the Knights one, which I forget the name of, but um. Yeah, it just it's felt like besides uh, him and maybe one or two other people, there wasn't really uh, a swath of other people trying to uh, do the do a panel of some sort.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, if you're listening out there and you want to try your hand at doing panels, I mean, it's the barrier of entry is not particularly high. I mean, I think the barrier of, like, maybe quality content can be kind of a difficult thing but it is because it does take practice you know it is kind of an art form and you know none of us are experts but we've been doing this for for a bit but if you want to try your hand at panels I mean go for it I mean go out there you know find that thing that you're really into and try and make a cool you know hour long sort of story that you want to tell about this thing that you're really into whatever angle you want to approach it at so Mm -hmm. please we, we need more quality we need more quality panels in the world
1: yeah, and don't don't be afraid about like oh I can't do a Sailor Moon or a Dragon Ball Z panel because everyone knows them. I'd say like no, it's it's always going to be new to someone, and if you have a, a take you want to try, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't just don't be afraid. That would it's be my public service announcement. <laughs> but uh, yeah, beyond our our PSA here about go do paneling, um, they just seem kind of um, interesting how there doesn't seem there didn't seem to be a lot of other panels going on I mean there were but it, in comparison to what I kind of saw on the on the schedule
0: and it might just be you know uh, a form of bias because you know we don't we tend to not see the panels that we don't really care for the subject matter so you know there there's always that of course yeah. but um
3: I feel like I didn't have a lot of time to escape to watch panels, unfortunately. Um, I did go to that, yeah, I did go to that Jujutsu Kaisen one Friday morning, and the presenter was like really knowledgeable in what she was talking about and was able to like pull everything together really concisely so i that that was really great that was one of the the couple that i did get to see and she had a sold out room too like i lucked out and was like the last person that was let in because i was by myself and um kind of to segue into something uh different unless you guys have anything else to say about what we were currently talking about i was kind of gonna kind of segue into like con Mm -hmm. ops if that's okay well
0: Yeah, go for it. Quickly, before you do that, I just want to cut Mm -hmm. in and say that my absolute favorite panel from the whole weekend was the Korean corn dog vendor. They were uh, absolutely, absolutely (laughs) delicious. I could not believe that they were putting on like a six hour long panel, not even in a panel room, where they were just selling corn dogs. Like, that was pretty incredible. I've never seen a panel... Quite like that, where they were just selling food and it was really delicious. So shout out to the <laughs> Korean corn dog panel; that was mm-hmm. great.
1: Uh, I think the only thing I'll, I'll add as a thing is it's kind of a paradox with the uh, if you're really into paneling, if you want to go see other panels, but then you're too busy doing your own panels, exactly, <laughs> and, too busy, it, and too busy and too busy catching up because it's just like oh, I got to get to this thing, I got to present this panel content I'm doing in about an hour. So that's a bit of a paradox.
0: And you gotta eat, all that crap, you gotta shop. Anyway, yes, Tori, please, your segue. Take
1: a a nap.
3: (laughs) Speaking of sold-out rooms, um, my one gripe with con-ops, I wish there had been a little more... Is this too juicy? I don't know. We can cut this out, but um, let me just say my thought, and then we can decide if we want to run with it or not, but... I wish there had been a little bit more foresight into what got placed into certain rooms because it does suck very much to look forward to something and then get cut off right at the door because you weren't 45 minutes early for a panel that you didn't know was going to fill the capacity, even though you kind of did.
0: I don't know how long this has been a thing because it seems to me and maybe this sort of just goes hand in hand with the popularity and the attendance of anime conventions just ballooning so much in the late 2010s but like it seems to me like I never had a problem finding seating at a panel before until like the last few years obviously yeah. the two covid years not counting but it it definitely seems like there is certainly a chance that the popular panel you want to go to will not have any seats yeah and i don't know what the solution to that is necessarily i'm sure it depends on every individual panel and you know has to do a lot with sort of logistical planning and things like that but like i really wanted to go to the um oh what was it it was it was kind of a game show type panel. was it the cosplay uh, nailed uh, it all yes, the music.
3: It. Yes. Um, I was gonna say that was on my brain to mention. So mm-hmm. we got there like thirty minutes early and they were already cutting mm-hmm. the line due to capacity. And to me, that is a panel because of the nature of it, that you would want to put mm-hmm. in a larger room, if not make it a full shebang and put it in a ballroom.
0: Right. Right. Mm. <laughs> and Bill, you were you were saying that there was a similar thing with the music quiz.
1: All the music quiz ones were like completely out the door. Mm. Where my my friend and I were like, we wanted to go see them, but we we're like, we saw the line and said, "There's no way we're gonna get in." Yeah. So we're. Let's and did they do?
0: Was it the music they quiz did, that they did a whole bunch of them throughout the weekend? They did. Like they were like three.
1: Them. They did like three or four of them. They like we counted on the schedule. We we were astounded with how many quizzes mm-hmm. there were. They were doing, and I thought before we got there it's like oh yeah, there'll, there'll probably be like a few people that show up to those because quizzing is a very particular thing that some people were really into and others are not but when when it happened the lines for the music quizzes were just crazy where I was just like I can't get in there hmm. they, I- they were you they were usually in that, that um, not the combined room but that um, AC uh, room I was like on the mm-hmm. far end where it's just like well I can't get in there.
3: Oh, yeah, the C room. Um, that's that's literally where I yeah. ran into every issue for every panel I wanted to see. It seemed like everything mm-hmm. that I wanted to see personally was in the C room. And if you weren't there like an hour early, you just weren't getting in. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I will tip my hat towards the idea of uh, the, the music quizzes being done like multiple times throughout the weekend. I think that's something that, you know, like you said, Bill, is going to have a big turnout, but is also... Sort of flexible enough that you could do it multiple times throughout the weekend. I think that's actually a great idea. Uh, you know, having something like that that is super populist just done multiple times. Because, you know, what if there was just the one anime music quiz and like everybody had to plan around being there at Saturday at 3 p.m.? Mm. Um, and that's also supposed to be kind of like a fun chill out kind of thing. So I really like the idea of them doing the same panel a bunch of times, and maybe that's part of the solution here. Like, it definitely it removes some of the time slots that are available for other things, but maybe doing like repeat panels, just kind of like kind of like guests do, because most of the time, any one guest will do like at least two Q and A sessions throughout the weekend, because they know that logistically not everybody can come to the first one or the or to the only one. Maybe there's a future there for the really popular stuff maybe getting reruns doing it like two days in a row or like at one in the morning one at night time I don't know I mean just kind of spitballing cool. possible solutions here
3: yeah
1: and the other the other issue is that it really depends on whoever is doing the scheduling and placement because they have their own perception of what they think will be popular enough for the bigger rooms and what they think will be be more fit for the smaller rooms that is
0: true
2: yeah like, of course of course like
1: I like I this isn't Con really but I remember I, I like a year or two ago I did a quiz a Disney quiz about you guys and what I thought was like really obscure you're like no this is really well known <laughs> yeah. so I think I think it was like that live-action Disney Disney sh- uh, Disney villain show I forgot Descendants point once
3: is, upon
0: a time that,
1: that, that's it Descendants yes I love that was Descendants <laughs> that, was, that was Descendants where I was like I had no idea what that was and you were like no that's really popular it away. is it is so, yeah
3: like all the little kitties in the Disney store loved Descendants
1: <laughs> so, so so yeah that's a prime example of what I think is obscure is popular yeah. to somebody else everybody has a different mm-hmm. entry point everyone ever again everyone has a different entry point and everyone has a different frame of mind with what is popular like I but I think for the most part when it came to our panels they were pretty smart like they put they knew with the with something like Disney in Japan put that in the big room Mm -hmm. because that's gonna that's gonna get a big turnout because everyone there is probably a big Disney fan too.
0: Disney fans are everywhere that's and we true. attract them. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> I do appreciate that everything was like staggered. And I do appreciate that for the most part, all of our panels were scheduled enough apart that we could actually go to each other's panels. Because I find yeah. at, the, at the smaller cons, I have to pick which one of you I like the best <laughs> and, <it's never laughs> and <made> go. It. <laughs> and it's never you.
0: <laughs> the only thing, the only time, and this was even just kind of like a partial. Uh, conflict was that half of our 2012 panel overlapped with one of Sully's which one was oh, that yeah. the, the movie one um, but so. yeah that was like the only time which mm-hmm. uh, thankfully you know that was, uh, that was very manageable Yes. Because uh, Sully was not on that uh, ensemble panel and we weren't co-hosting with him. So it just happened to work out. But if it was any other thing, that, well, that would have been a bit annoying. But, but thankfully, we never really ran into those types of issues.
1: Mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, I would like to give ConOp's props, though, for one thing. is I never felt overwhelmed by the, the tech like yes. they always seem to have someone that came in just like hey you got everything set up you need help very what, attentive do you have any questions very attentive yeah i thought on sunday on my sunday morning one no one was going to be there to help me but they had at least one guy come in there and was like oh do you you need help getting set up is there anything you're confused about and i was like no i'm, I'm all good but even the setup was very was very simple at least like all you had to do was Uh, Put in the audio jack cord and then put in the connector cord to the projector, and you were good to go. There wasn't Mm -hmm. any like weird, complicated setup you had to do. Right,
0: yeah. (laughs) I mean, for the most part, the AV is you know pretty bog standard stuff, but you know, if that stuff doesn't work right and there's no one to help you it can be uh nightmarish and take you like 10 minutes to get it all set up but thankfully never never had that problem
3: yeah but i definitely yeah. have been to some cons where that is the exact opposite of the experience that i had so thank you <laughs> Won't yeah,
0: name names, but
1: they're definitely out there yeah your con ops team for animasement and your volunteers were were excellent uh when it came to the tech stuff so applaud applaud to you for that mm-hmm
0: Well, sort of, you know, kind of. we've been talking for about an hour and a half now, so is there any kind of other things that you guys wanted to discuss?
3: I was just gonna say I noticed more so than any year how friendly the crowds were. Mm -hmm. Like, I just had random people talking to me like they knew me for years, and that always weirds me out, but, like, it's kind of cool at the same time. I think everybody's just Mm -hmm. really starved for social interaction, but, like, Everybody was so nice. Like everybody was full of compliments and like nice things to say and like generally good questions and all sorts of stuff. So shout Mm -hmm. out to the crowd for not being rude like I have encountered in some years.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I have uh, one thing that I would personally, I personally missed that I wish was there. Mm -hmm. So I get why they cut it. It makes sense in, in our modern age. But it, I wish they would have brought the video I wish they still had the video rooms. Now this is just me being an old man. But I find the video I rooms agree with are you. actually are very helpful because one by having video rooms where you're just showing random things, it's a great place to kill time. Like let's say you still have energy and you're not, you don't want to go back all the way back to your hotel room and you have a panel that's coming up on the schedule that you want to go see. Well, you can just go into a video room and just hang out and just watch watch a movie or watch a random episode. And also, those video rooms are great discovery places um, where you find new things that maybe the people there had never heard of. Like um, at previous AZs, that was where I saw Lupin Third, episode 0 for the first time. That made me a Lupin fan. And that, it that made do... the
0: man a Lupin fan. Do you realize the 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 trajectory of Bill's life that was changed forever because of an Animesma video room?
1: <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> I saw I saw Grave of the Fireflies for the first time at AZ. I saw uh, Hells, which was a really interesting movie, at AZ one year. So I think. Even though in a in our modern age of streaming, where most things are available, uh, video rooms I think should still play a part in in cons. Even though I know it's kind of a dying thing because people are just like, well, I can just stream it. But well, having that schedule and listing things gets people interested in, thinking, oh, what's that? I should go check that out.
0: I think the attitude around video rooms in the modern day should be that, like, well, they're not. They don't explicitly exist for the purpose of delivering anime to people's eyeballs. People can do that on their smartphone. The thing that you want video rooms to do is to provide a community viewing experience, which you can't get at home, like in your bedroom. Uh, And for somebody who may not have a lot of anime fans that they know personally, it's like that might be one of the few opportunities they have to do like a community viewing experience. And most of the time, unless something goes really wrong, community viewing experiences can be a major enhancement of the viewing experience overall like i remember uh going to AnimazeMent and watching the dragon ball z bojack movie which is not a very good dragon ball z movie but it is my favorite because that screening was so much fun and i will always have fond memories of of seeing that Mm -hmm. and um I remember going to see the first three episodes of Code Geass at, like, Animazement 2013 or so, and there was a Zero cosplayer who got up and everyone uh, clapped for him whenever they played the opening, and that was very funny. (laughs) Uh, And that's that's what got me into uh, watching Code Geass, you know, back in the day. Uh, So there's a lot of power in those video rooms. I don't think that they should necessarily dedicate the square footage to what they did, maybe 10... Uh years ago, but they should at least still have some of them available
1: well curated. just may yeah, just something like one, maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. I don't think you yeah. need like three or four, but like one or two is perfect, yes, and if you have like a good curated thing, where hey, we're gonna do some interesting movies like a um, with the now the new age of of g kids. You could basically just do a G Kids room where we're just gonna show interesting movies that G Kids put out. Like, hey, we're gonna show all of Genius Party, and then we're gonna do Genius Party Beyond. Or hey, we're gonna show Bell. Mm-hmm. Like that's a. So I, I imagine a lot of people have heard about it but haven't seen it because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. So nope. hey, let's just put it in, let's just put it in the video room. I don't know if it's a rights thing that they have to deal with, and also just the diminishing returns of it. But again, I know you mentioned the communal experience, but also it's just a, if you curate it well, it's a great dis- place of discovery. Any
0: final things that others would like to talk about?
2: I don't want to say that I was disappointed with the dealer's room necessarily. I mean, I think I've just reached a point in my life where I've become much, much pickier about what I want to like buy and fill my home with. And I just didn't see anything in the dealer's room where I'm like, if I don't buy it this second, I will regret it for the rest of my life. And kind of the same with the artist alley. Um, I don't want to be like, oh, well, I'm better than the artist. But it's just like, oh, these, these all look like posters. Like, the prints now are just so postery. And it's like, am I going to just hang this in my home like it's my dorm room still? I don't know. So... I don't know I feel like this animation was a lot of me sort of going and I don't know how much of this was colored by like personal things going on in my life at the same time and how much of this is the con itself but it was just a an interesting opportunity to kind of question like where I am with this hobby and community and what I want to get out of it because I feel like I didn't get out of it what I got in 2019 and it wasn't necessarily the pandemic changes that caused that feeling. For for me, I
1: I went because the con gives you an excuse to see people. That's that's partially why I go because it's it's the one time I know that's where you're gonna be potentially. That's where Tori's gonna be. That's where Austin's gonna be. And it's. I saw a Twitter meme recently where they it was like adulthood now is saying every six months we'll get together and do something, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a, which is a true fact. That's it feels like that, but with a con, people have put the money down. You know they're going, so. And that's kind of one conflict I always have with cons is just like, well, I know you guys enjoy con- uh, going to doing your panels and I really enjoy seeing them, but I also feel conflicted because then that cuts into time to just socialize and hang out. Mm. So that's one that's one conflict I always feel about it when, with the panel stuff. But um, so that's why I primarily go. Mm-hmm. And also just, I just enjoyed um, like taking on the challenge of like presenting something that wasn't, um, wasn't a group thing like i f- i finally said i'm gonna do a panel this time and i'm gonna put some real effort into it and like try and make it polished. and i felt really proud of the anthology one um because i just i felt like that one actually had some really good polish to it and was really well researched for what it was mm. um on your so dealers that,
0: point i mean i will say there's probably i mean just because of the increased competition with this weekend i mean animasement might not be the premier convention that a lot of you know big dealers are going to like otaku joe for example who always brings like really cool vintage stuff he wasn't there because he was just at another con i think he was at anime boston or something uh and to suck this this
1: this discotech which has had their booth at AZ a couple times weren't there because they mm-hmm. also were in anime Boston right um, exactly
0: so it, it is a tough competition and uh but then again you know like what it, the convention isn't really there I mean it is but also I, I don't also, go to the con it's a, it's to a, buy things you know
1: also it's a, it's a it's a different time where especially when it comes to like Blu-ray and DVD. Most people are just gonna buy their stuff on Amazon Mm -hmm. and write stuff because you're You're gonna get a better deal there anyway. You're you're gonna get the better deal anyway. And same with manga. You're the only reason why you would buy something there is either it's really rare. Like a like a Rin, who's a friend of mine, found one of the expensive Aniplex Madoka sets. And and she was and she was like, I'm never going to be able to find this anywhere else. I'm going to get this here. Or she also found. A Haruhi Suzumiya art book that is probably hard to find. So you go to the dealer's room, I think, for your occasional rare gems, but when it comes to the mass market stuff, you're you're better off online. Oh like, um, for me, the shocking thing for me, there was an Idol Master dealer there. I couldn't Crazy. believe it. They were selling Idolmaster plushies. And I didn't buy it, because I was like, what am I going to do with
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> but the temptation was there.
1: The temptation to buy a Mira Asasa pl- plushie was real. But, <laughs> but I was like, this is just going to sit on a shelf and, and gather dust. Even though it would look cool. Uh, so the, the
0: thing I'm most interested in buying nowadays is like the very occasional figure of a character that I think is pretty cool. Uh, obviously, home video media and stuff, uh, but also like T-shirts and art books. Like that's what I'm down for, and that's most of what I bought. And then I left all of it in the panel room, so they have to mail it to me because I'm a real Cooper, you guys.
1: Wait, wait, wait! Did that actually happen? It did. Why? Oh, I, it. I had
0: I had to call. Why? I, had to, I had to email Lost and Found because I'm terrible oh. at keeping up with things but the, thankfully somebody turned it in so i'm very grateful to uh whatever that oh. kind stranger did
1: you know yeah. i the i guess we were just had luck on our side because there was one person that I was came into my panel room and was like yeah i lost my computer charging cable Oh no! Like, i think, oh that, n- I think um, that was the great um, sg uh, oh it was I, it uh, might have
0: been because I remember he messaged me on Twitter. He was like, "Hey, did you see a computer charger in the panel room you were just in?" Maybe, maybe it's a no. different person completely. But uh, you know, we did. He did have that problem. He did leave it, but he did. He t- also texted me and said that he found it. So it's it all is well.
1: The dealer's room at this point in our current era, you're going there to buy for convenience because not have to deal with shipping because that's a real. Uh, Waiting, waiting game at this point, or you're going to find some rare things. It's fun. I think I spent more money at. I didn't buy anything in the dealer's room. I spent more money at the limited run store (laughs) than in the than at the dealer's room. Which is, I I got a book. I got a book for my a friend. My friend uh, Ryan. I got a book for Austin. uh, And then I I tried to look for a book for Tori, but I couldn't find it. And then I got to book just for myself. For,
0: just for those that don't know, uh, the limited run video games uh, company, they recently opened up a new retail location about, what, 20 minutes away from the convention center in Raleigh? Mm-hmm. Roughly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, it was like the only time I knew I was going to be able to go there because I'm, I'm rarely in Raleigh, in the Raleigh mm-hmm. Triangle area at this point. So I'm like, oh, what, we should go.
0: One final discussion point I want to have are we finally in the post wall scroll era? Because I don't remember seeing really any wall
2: scrolls available in the dealer's room. I think I saw maybe one or two in the dealer's room, and there were some artist alley booths selling them. But I, th- I would hope that we as a society have moved past the wall scroll.
0: <laughs> I'm Can trying I when also- it comes to the wall scroll because they're much more durable than posters. They're much bigger than posters, and typically the uh, the prints on them are pretty high quality. So, I don't know, man. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a wall scroll liker. I gotta say. I'd rather just well, have a framed are... print
3: from the artist alley.
2: Mmm, <laughs> some discourse. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I I can recognize can we... the things you're saying, the durability, and all that. I just I guess I associate wall scrolls with like I don't know. They have Me. a they have a certain connotation of just like. One doesn't want to bring class into these sort of world greatest otaku. <laughs> very much yes, world's greatest otaku. I mean, very much. I, I,
0: I mean, I, I consider myself a man of the proletariat, so I'm a very pro
1: pro wall scroll. Can I mention the one thing I was I was happy to, to not see at the con that it it'd been a had been a plague at many cons for many years. Mm. I saw no Ahegal shirts. I didn't know either. Mm. At
0: all.
3: Yes. <laughs> that
0: is true. I saw a few like parodies of the Ahegal shirt, but none of the actual uh artifact itself.
1: I think I think our long national nightmare of those evil shirts have passed the 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 covid break killed them. <laughs> and she, I think I think that's for the better.
2: Now I wonder if that holds I do think it's funny that they for Anime Boston and Momocon though.
0: Good question.
2: I I I like to use this
0: small amount of evidence that we have to think that the Ahegal shirt came and went with the Trump presidency. God. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, do we have any final thoughts that we would like to share about Anime's Met 2022? One of my final thoughts would be just to thank the convention again for having us out and for them, you know, sort of giving us, us poor, small little operation the opportunity to, you know, go and speak about uh, anime related topics, sort of ad nauseum to uh, unsuspecting victims. Because, you know, we're, we're nothing special, I don't think. I mean, I think we do good work, but, you know, we're a small podcasting group we're a small panelist group but it is it is very generous of them to uh, be so kind to us so Mm -hmm. uh, that that does not go unnoticed so thank you AZ we do appreciate it
3: yeah I would share Um, your sentiments of saying thank you to the con thank you for everybody who came out thank you for everybody who attended our panels thank you to everybody who said nice things or gave like legitimate constructive criticism and yeah I'm looking forward to next year
1: Congrats to AZ for putting on a, a pretty solid show and um, your volunteers and your tech support were excellent and always being there and being very cordial to us and uh, being very uh, quick to responses and just uh, having us uh, show show our content was and all our wonderful panels it was uh, really fun and hopefully we get to do it again.
2: Yeah, uh, I just want to say that I had a great time, and as always, I'm very thankful to the amazement staff for the generosity and kindness they always show us, and I hope we can uh, keep bringing them great panel content.
0: Yeah, for sure. And thank you all, wonderful people, for spending a, con- a convention uh, with me. Uh, and doing a podcast about said convention so i guess that kind of takes us to the end of our episode Uh, if you would like to learn more about the third impact anime podcast you can of course visit our website which is at thirdimpactanime.com there you can find links to our show notes and previous episodes and social media accounts if you want to follow me specifically on social media, you can do so either on Twitter or on Mastodon. On both of things, I am at BebopShock, and uh, I, I did a live tweet thread of most of the cool things that happened over the weekend at uh, Animazement, uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, but I just actually remembered, because it happened like very late on Sunday, Sully... A really cool thing happened to you that you didn't get a chance to mention. You got to tell the people.
2: Oh yes, uh, I went to the animator support panel and I was chosen to have my portrait done.
0: So you have to uh, send me a photo of that portrait so that I can put it in the uh, in the show notes because it is very good. And uh, you should you should be very fortunate to uh, to have had that done by an actual Japanese uh, animator. Pretty pretty sick, if I do say so myself. But if anybody else wants to share their social
1: media accounts, where would people find you at? Instead of promoting my not so f- not so interesting Twitter, I'm going to promote our past episodes that you should go check out. I really enjoyed our recent Jinji Ito episode I did with Tori about his his anthology collection. Uh, fragments of horror where we talked about the panels of uh, hgtv uh, tv shows (laughs) and uh some interesting uh stuff in the future
3: i am over on twitter and mastodon at worst waifu just doing my thing so if you want to be friends over there that's cool
2: and if you wish to contact me, you can go to the Third Impact anime Twitter or website and specifically bother Austin to relay the message to me. Or you can whisper on the wind Indeed. and hope that I I hear your message.
0: All right. Well, thank you all so much again for joining me on this episode. And you dear listeners at home, thank you for tuning in. We will see you on the next episode. Take care of yourself. Be nice to others. It's very important out there.